Blog Talk Radio. Hello listeners, welcome to another internet broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Chanahan, a paranormal spiritual observer, psychic reader, and channeler. Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. Mercedes, an accomplished paranormal investigator, spiritual feeler, and solitary practitioner. The Unexplained World is a location where the line between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Okay, listeners, Ed Shanahan here. Let me start out right now saying, I don't know what tonight's going to bring for the simple fact, 58 seconds until the show started, my phone went dead, I got kicked off, etc. I had to do... Pressing the thumbs, boom, boom, hitting the numbers, and got on here why the intro was being, why it was running. So, hello, Annette. <laughs> Hi, Ed. And, you know, I'm getting it cut off back and forth, back and forth. So, yeah, there's some spooky stuff going on tonight. Hi, Mercedes. Hello, everybody. And tonight, um, <laughs> I talked to Annette about this, but we might as well go with it, huh, Annette? Um, we got to try. Yeah. We don't do that many paranormal shows for one reason. And I put this in the chat. I told people to turn down their lights and turn up their sound. Because in a lot of cases, when we do do paranormal shows, people have activities in their house that go on. And we've, we've gotten reports back during the show, whatever, before we even had a chat. People are emailing us during the show. So hopefully the rest of this night goes okay. I panicked there for a minute, and boom, I got on. Like I said, his intro was being done. Tonight our guest, let me click her on. Tonight our guest is Lisa Lindley. And hello, Lisa, you there? Yes, I am, and you have got me on edge already tonight. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you you know, one of the last... um, group interviews I did, I was talking about something with the demonic forces in our house that we've been dealing with, and it was a pretty frightening thing, the thing that had happened to me I was talking about, and right in the middle of when I was talking about the most frightening part of it, the phone completely went dead. I mean, it was late at night. My family was upstairs sleeping, and they had to call me back. And I mean, it was the kind of thing where the phone went dead, and it was going, eh, 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 you know, and the phone, I was like, <gasps> you know, in my basement, and it caught me off guard. So I hope we'll have a smooth, you know, let's hope for positive, right? Positive smooth right. interview. Ch- but- uh, Mercedes is going to be uh, eyeing the chat board. Um, myself today, it's been nothing but paranormal. I had a large tour. We took people to, uh, you'll love this, Annette, to Bachelors Grove is one of the locations. Wow. But, but we also went out to the Satanic, where the Satanic rituals used to be performed. And we did a circle of energy there. Okay. Um, we went to the Miracle Child <laughs> website and a few places. So, um, <clears throat> And there was some things going on in the satanic area. Okay, so that's, like I said, today's a paranormal day, and we don't 
usually run paranormal shows because of the response people have been having. Lisa. Yes, sir. Okay, <laughs> you've got three books. Well, actually four, but three to do with demonic experiences on your end. Uh, first one is Never Alone, One Family's Hope for Finding Peace While Living with the Paranormal. The second one is Never Alone, The Journey Home. Uh, and the new one is Demons Exposed, which was released just this August 14, 2008. Um, tell the listeners why and where you're coming from with these books. I sure can. Um, when I wrote the first one, the title was quite long, but it was really honest. I was a new writer. I wasn't a seasoned one, if you want to put it that way. And I remember in 2003 when my daughter came to me, when we first discovered that we were having activity affecting our family, I felt very panicked, even though I was really interested in the paranormal like you guys are today. I'm not to that degree anymore, but um, I remember f- uh, feeling very lost in that I couldn't find the information I needed to try to help my family. And so I started compounding my own information from what happened to us, and I felt this need to help other people. So the first book was written very descriptive about our story. It was a very real account, and I tried to give tips to parents out there with children, kind of how to cope with this or what to look for. And then four days after the book was made available, my 14-year-old daughter was thrown across the room into some furniture, and the, activ- or the activity that was in our second home that we had moved to, um, it got very violent and interactive, and we'll probably get into that, I'm sure, during this um, interview. But when we fled our home, actually, last year, my husband and I were very adamant about telling the rest of our story and what we actually learned from this whole situation, even though we're still going through it. It was kind of a spiritual awakening, you could say, our family had. So the journey home was all about coming back home after facing this and how we were going to get through it. So it offers a lot more than just a spooky, scary story. And then um, the children's book, it's just about angels and how angels are friends to, I guess, big people and little people, um, kind of to help kids with fear issues. And this last one, I wasn't even going to write, The Demons Exposed, but I was awakened very early one morning, and this whole book was being mapped out in my head about, you know, you need to write, you need to tell what you know, you need to help other people with this once again. And I thought, I don't want to write about this. I'm, you know, dealing with fear issues myself. But our family has learned so much, especially in the last year, that a lot of people want to know the truth about what all this is. I know it's entertaining, you know, to some degree at our expense, but there's so much truth that's hidden that Hollywood tends to taint for making money off of it. And when it happens to real families, I'll I'll be very honest with you, a lot of the things that happen to us are not in the movies. Maybe a few things you can identify with. But that is what the last one is about. It's it's really about just the total truth about demonic forces and spiritual warfare and anything and everything someone would possibly want to know from our family's perspective. So that's kind of how they all fit together. My question to you, um, as far as that goes, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you push the spiritual side, it seems like, don't you? You're not pushing... Uh, the powers of demons and Satan and everything like that, are you? No, no, sir. Or the spiritual side. Yeah, we are because, you know, the whole truth about what happened to us, 
to come back home after what had happened to us, we had to bond together as a family, and we decided to turn to faith for that, which we did not really have as a family at that time. So really it's not a religion issue because I think that's how people practice their faith, you know, whatever church you decide to go to. But ours is just a realization of how real angels are, demons are, how it all fits together. And so our family is just kind of taking that path to deal with this whole thing. Annette, feel free to jump in, and Mercedes. And listeners, feel free to post any uh, questions on the chat board where and Mercedes will jump in with those. How long of an experience was this for you? How long have we been going through this for? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, up to current date, it's been five years. It started in 2003 when we moved to our first house. And it has continued, and it's in full swing at the second home, um, five five total years we've been dealing with this. But we didn't realize what we had, how serious it was actually, until we moved to the second house. We thought we had innocent so-called ghosts. Um, we thought it was just, you know, hey, paranormal activity, this is kind of cool, until it started scaring our children, started really disrupting our home life, and then things took, a, I guess you could say, a big nosedive um, for the worst in some ways. But our family has grown stronger from this, so we're very positive to try to turn it around and say, okay, what are we learning from this, and how are we dealing with it together, all of us? And um, that's kind of amazing when you can take an otherwise negative situation and mm-hmm. find something positive. I have to because it's called survival, you know. I mean, you learn to cope. You know, coping mechanisms, when you go through a stressful situation, your body can shut down or your mind can And we really had to pull it together to come back. I mean, you know, honestly, this is something I wanted to bring up. I'm kind of kidding about it, but I'm not. You know, in the movies, they make it look so easy. You know, like families will flee in the night, leave all their possessions behind, and then they show up at some new house that they can just go to. Well, you know, in the real world, honestly, how many people have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in the bank that you can just vacate your home and never go back and, you know, happily ever after? That didn't happen to us. We, you know, for financial reasons and other things, I mean, we had to come back, and then we didn't want these things to win. You know, it was a big battle the night we left, and we realized, look, you know, we are up against something really dangerous, something very real, and something big. And uh, we came back, and we've been fighting this ever since. But, you know, it's it's been going on for quite a while with us. So Lisa, it follows your family. Is that right? No matter really where you would go, it would follow you. Am I assuming that right? To some degree, yes. I mean, I I do believe we are a haunted family. It's not so much the location, and that has come up a lot between conversations with my husband and I and other trusted people. But, you know, we've bought two houses that have been old historic fixer-uppers, and I know that maybe that was a mistake. But the second house, we really thought, you know, this is going to be the dream place to live. We like that old kind of, you know, historic look, and we got it for the bargain basement price. You know how that goes. (laughs) But we didn't plan on an uninvited guest, you know, sharing space with us. But, um, you know, when we did leave our home here a year ago, you know, we actually fled in a hurry and we took off and went somewhere. I mean, we were followed. My daughter was the one that was targeting. It was the whole family, but it was really after her. And we were followed to a location that was 45 minutes away. I mean, she was hearing these things, you know, in the car. They were showing up at my parents' house. And, I mean, they my parents are nothing like this would never go on in, in their home. And um, it was very much attached at that point. So, um, you know, I have to say, yes, you know, they can follow you. It's not a, a, a crazy thing to think. 
No, I've heard, I've heard plenty of cases, believe me. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. I just was curious if that was your case as well. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you can't run from this. You can't sell your house and just think, oh, I can move. I mean, the first house we lived in, um, we didn't move because of the haunting. We had bought this place, and then my company I worked for was going out of business. So we couldn't have two places at the same time. And fortunately, our neighbor bought the house, and it all worked out fine and dandy with that. But um, you know, that that wasn't the reason. We didn't run from it because you can't. You cannot run. These things are very, very deceitful. They're very smart. Um, they they think better than we do sometimes. You know, they know us better than we do. They know your weaknesses. They watch. They wait. You know, it's. I know that sounds kind of a strange way to put it, but it's a very real thing when you have something like this, you know, targeting your family. Any kind of a perpetrator would do the same thing, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did you have a strong religious faith before this went on? Not to the degree that I do now. Um, I have to say more, not so much religious, but just knowing that God is very real and that angels are very real and that demons are very real. And I know this because, you know, we have called on, if you want to call it the good, the good forces for help with this. Prayer is so important, I mean, for our family anyway. But, you know, when we started, and this is like something I want to bring up, um, we the night that this whole attack started, I mean, against my daughter, we had a 48-hour ordeal, and we were not grounded in faith. We were not attending church anywhere. I had a faith to myself, but my husband, I, I didn't know if he did or not. You know, our wedding ceremony, it was you know, kind of like, okay, how much of this do we have to put in, and can we do non-denominational? You know, so we weren't like a practicing family, but we were good. We thought doing good deeds was enough to, you know, get through life and things were good. And then this happens, and I remember sitting in the chair, and my daughter's crying hysterically, and I said, you know, what are we going to do? Let's get the Bible out. You know, you see in the movie, you read, you know, and, and they don't like it. Well, honestly, they don't. But if you don't have, um, you don't know what that spiritual, you know, what the scriptures can do for you, or if you don't have that in your heart, I mean, how is that going to help you at all? And we were reading. We're like, pick one. What, what sounds good? You know, you know. And we're trying to read, and nothing was working. I mean, I'm telling you, it was a very frightening thing. So now that we know what works, you know, to some degree, and when we look back where we were and where we are now, it's amazing when you can see the transformation of what we have learned and how, where it's going. So, um, you know, in answer to that, now we do, but then, no, we were not bonded. You know, as a family, we weren't all on the same page. That's probably the best way to put it. So do you feel that by becoming more, what can I say? Oh, just say it. It's okay. Spiritual, religious, however you want to put it. By becoming more or learning Mm -hmm. more about it or it being deeper in your heart, you think that made a difference? It made a huge difference because, you know, even for people that practice super, I call them superficial methods, and I don't mean that um, disrespectfully in any way, but none of that worked for us when you're dealing with evil at its worst. Like, when and I mean, what do you mean by those? You know, what, no, seriously, what I mean is that when they talk about burning certain color candles, burning sage, putting salt in the four corners of your home, putting oil above your doorways, I mean, that might work for somebody if they truly believe that that's going to do it. I believe this oil is it and it's going to work. But if it's not in your heart and your mind and you don't really believe, you're not sure, you're wavering, you know, on your thoughts, Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be quite as effective. I mean, the mind is a very powerful tool. And if you believe that, you know, eating chocolate ice cream is going to solve this demon problem, then you eat 10 gallons, I'm sure it'll work for you. But, you know, when you're really dealing with it and it's very real, I mean, 
those kind of things we have seen firsthand, you know, what they do. And that's what this is about, you know, telling the truth about what we've seen, what, you know, what we've seen is, is real to us anyway. But those things did not work for us. It, the only thing that worked truly was praying at your most desperate moment. And we, we don't always pray at our most desperate moment, but when we called on angels for help, God, this is not working. We're trying to pray this out ourselves. Please send an army of angels to help us. Do you know they never fail to show up at just the right time when you are, I mean, battling big time with these things? They show up, and it is amazing. My daughter, who's, you know, 14 now, she can hear things and see things that a lot of people can't. And she's seen both demons and angels. I have seen the demons in the house. I've seen what they look like, how they manifest. But I don't have conversations with them. You know, I'm not conversing. I just kind of try to mind my own business. But we have gotten in knocked down, drag out, you know, yelling matches with these things. And that's when prayer seems to be the most effective thing. It's like the only thing that has actually gotten us relief to the point that we can stay here in trust and knowing that that's working. And to people that, that don't go to church or they don't have that, that might not mean anything to them. And if something else is working, then I'm glad something's working for them. But from what we've dealt with, it's been some really tough stuff. I think that's the best way to put it. Some serious, dark, I mean, from the worst place, like where you feel physically ill, kind of sick, you know, when you're in the presence of these things. Yeah. Yeah. They're bad. I mean, we. my husband will tell you he was the biggest skeptic before any of this really happened to us. And we both felt sick for days away from the house when we were staying with my relatives. And um, it was, I mean, that's, that was a life-altering experience. I mean, it really changed us from the soul out, you know. It was from the inside out. I'm going to throw out a thought that's coming to me on this. Okay. Do you think this might have been made to happen to you to get your family for whatever reason to become as faithful as you are in your beliefs i totally believe that you know it's i'm so glad you asked me that because you know sometimes people don't want to hear this true side of what happened to our family they just want to hear the scary stuff and you know what? It is amazing because I have to tell you, my husband's a really wonderful guy. I mean, we've been married for 17 years, and we, I have to tell you, we were all up in the Halloween and paranormal. My husband actually, in the St. Louis area, ran a couple of haunted houses, actually built them. I mean, I've lived with the scary props in my basement, and, you know, we, we went through the whole nine yards, and I loved watching Ghost Hunters and all these shows. I mean, I was like, oh, this is cool. Can't wait to watch it. We were known as the family that you know, wanted to have the big Halloween parties. Everybody, We were known for the yard decorating and all the cool stuff, you know. And when this happened to us, I mean, my husband was the hardest person to reach. I mean, for like two or three years, we were really divided when this started. I mean, I would tell my daughter, don't tell dad, come to me, because it never happened to him. So why would he really believe it? He would just see what's happening to me, my son, my daughter, you know. And, and it gets convincing after a while, but if it doesn't directly happen to you, you don't get it. Well, the night we left our house, my husband got it in a very huge way. And when my daughter was under attack at my mom's house, you know, and she was saying she was hearing these things, they were saying that she was going to become one of them tonight. He said all he could think to do was pray. He said, God, you know, whatever thing you've given to me, this power of protection, I've never seen you. I've never seen these demons. Please just let me see you. Let me see them. Let me know that something is real. You know, he begged. And it was his most desperate moment because my, we thought my daughter was in some serious danger. I mean, there's a lot that leads up to why we actually fled the house that we can get into if you guys want to. But, yeah. you know, he, he he told me, and he's so convincing. I mean, I don't doubt him for two seconds. He said, 
I was in his presence that night. I felt his presence. And my husband's not the kind of guy that would normally talk like this. And you know when something happens to somebody that's really big, their whole demeanor changes, their, everything about them changes just by looking at them, talking to them. And he is a forever changed person. So, we, yeah, we got a huge dose of this in a, in a big way. We needed it. And I think God knew that. you know. And now we're all on the same page. And so he used, I think, this situation to bring us in the right direction of maybe where we wanted, he wanted us to be, you know, it hasn't been easy and it hasn't been fun, but you know, whatever his uh, will is, I guess that's where we're at right now with us. That's why we're not getting complete um, closure. If you want to put it that way, we have to keep enduring the trials, you know, that's how they put it, I think. But yeah, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? How, how something so horrible can make your family better because of it. And, well, I, I firmly believe too that, healing miracles are done that way it definitely definitely has to come from isn't it ironic though that this would happen to a family that you know we didn't think we were doing anything wrong we weren't having seances and doing all this crazy stuff and all we did was we thought you know hey halloween's fun and all this and i I guess that was meant to be used because it was the best way to get through to our family um but we are normal i mean we're we're not doing anything you know that would be considered bad or harmful or (laughs) we're pretty lighthearted folks you know it just was a prime opportunity i guess right annette you got any uh question i'm sure you do well i I, yeah um i guess the halloween thing that you keep bringing up i'm curious i'm sorry it's that time of year you know it's everywhere walmart you walk in there and there's the stuff (laughs) so is it because of the, the demon faces or is it because of the fact that we're celebrating spookiness in general yeah why do you keep on bringing up the halloween did you think that had a for you anyways do you think they had a significant like because well, you, they were like false idols or something. I, I guess no, I just want to get to the bottom of the Halloween problem. No, it's just that we, I don't know. It was really big in our life. I mean, I just loved it at you our know? house too. I mean, yeah, I mean, scary bones, we, cool if you talk to our, yeah, if well, if you talk to our friends, they would kid when you would say our name. You know, they're like, oh yeah, they're Halloween twenty four seven. I mean, we didn't have crazy stuff like you know in our house, like really dark stuff. But we had the house everybody wanted to go to. I was always talking about paranormal stuff and the shows I watched. And, you know, in that way, I guess it opens the door. But we were just, we so loved it. And now it's just like taking such a different perspective on that. And I almost dread this time of year in a way with a little gut-wrenching pain because I keep thinking, I know it's really fun in some ways and you can have fun with it without getting too dark with it. But I just don't think people really realize, you know, when you see it in the flesh, like real, you know, that these masks and stuff and all the stuff that's coming out right now, it's like glamorizing this terror that we've actually lived, you know, and I keep thinking, boy, people really are deceived and how much money is the industry? It's making a ton. And I mean, my husband was in the industry, so I know how much all this stuff costs. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I've just taken a big perspective and it is that time of year. So it's, it's kind of heightening um, awareness. So it's more, and, yeah. It's more of the visual. It's just the stimulus all around you all the time. Yeah. And I love time of the year. I yeah. love fall and everything, but it just seems like with the change of the seasons too, sometimes, I don't know if it's something with the atmosphere that opens up or what it is, but you can just, you know, people that have seasonal disorders with like light issues and stuff. It's just, yeah. you can sense things, you know, it's, that's the best way to put it. Things are shifting. That's a good way to put it. So basically, how about you, you see? Oh, okay. sorry, Ed. Go ahead. Go ahead, and go ahead. Do you, um, now that your family is, you know, more aware of God and presence in your life, do you see more of a light at the end of the tunnel, just with a, an end to 
uh, you know, to the demon attacks or? You know what, the, the more that we fight back with our belief system, that's a good way to put it, um, the, far, uh, the, the harder that these demonic forces will fight back. And they don't want me talking about this. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I mean, this is ex- that's why the book's called Demons Exposed. I know it kind of sounds funny, like, oh, a joke. You know, you hear about people, call- you know, these shows on TV, they'll say something exposed. But I thought it was a great way to, you know, put that. But, you know, we are talking about the diehard truth about what these things are that they don't want people to know because they try to be deceptive. You know, they want to suck you in. And, you know, it's just by me talking about it, it's, it's more of a dangerous situation, I guess. I mean, the more I talk about it. I'm not trying to give it recognition in the wrong kind of way. I'm trying to really stay focused, but they fight harder to mislead our family. I mean, I had several things happen to me this past week dealing with different individuals, and we had activity at our house. And it was trying to scare me and trying to get me off track with things, and that's just how they work. My husband said we got to go back to you know really staying focused on you know what we know, what you know what works, where we're at with this. He said you just got to do a self check, you know, and stay because we've worked really hard to get this mindset of staying here because you know if you're afraid how could you live in a house like this you know how could you live anywhere wherever it is if you know that your family's got this kind of issue going on yeah it's love or fear right Right, and you have I hope, to be sl- than I hope you sleep well tonight. Uh. <laughs> well, I'm going to try not to focus on this after we go off the air, but you know, it's just it's an adventure around every turn. You know, you have to have a little sense of humor, otherwise you can't, you know, talk about it all the time. But you know, it, to me, it's worth it because, you know, how do I not know that there's some other mother out there with kids or some other person, you know, out there that's listening that's really going through something? They think they're either losing their mind, their spouse thinks they're losing it, or they don't feel that they can talk to anybody. They feel really alone. I mean, you know, this type of stuff doesn't just happen literally to people. I mean, there's other ways that demons can manifest, you know, relationships going bad and, you know, money issues and other things. But our family, unfortunately, has got the, you know, the real deal, the, the what do you want to say, the, the biggest way that they actually come out. And I hope that doesn't happen to a lot of people. But, you know, if we can offer something to help somebody, it's totally worth me talking about it. And I'm willing to do that. I just feel this pull, like I have to do something more with this whole thing otherwise it's not even worth talking about good for you You i've spoken to so many adults who were as children were under attack for years and years and years and their parents or the people that you know took care of them never and even entertained that that child was telling the truth or had a true real experience oh that's just you know boogeyman in the closet you're just imaginary friends right (laughs) oh and, you know, and here here we are all grown up, and these people are recanting these tales and telling me, this was so real. This was, you know, I, that guy was there every night. Mm-hmm. And didn't have, no one ever believe you. What a scarring. Oh, uh, it is. You know, and you, you, you can know never get out of that. What's really hard, though, is like, because this newfound way that we're dealing with us, I mean, our kids were not raised with, you know, a faith thing going on, and now we're trying to instill that. But, you know, we have a nine-year-old son that's been through, I think, the most... I don't want to say trauma because it sounds really bad when you put it that way, but he's been through a lot, and he can't always tell us everything about what he's been through. You, you just know when your kid's jumping the stairs three at a time when they can't walk down them, and the dog, they're calling the dog to go everywhere, and, you know, it's just coping me- mechanisms with that, and it just, it really, I wish there was more I could do. I mean, I'm trying, we're trying really hard to kind of undo some of what's been done, but, yeah, I mean, that's the worst thing. Kids are afraid anyway, and then having to deal with something like that is huge, and then, you know, fortunately, my kids have not watched the movies that I watched when I was a kid. I mean, I've seen almost all of them, you know, Poltergeist and all this and that. Oh, yeah. 
And I really wish I wouldn't have because even now that has affected me to this day when I'm dealing with the real stuff here and then I'm thinking, okay, this is not Hollywood. This is not what was in that movie, you know, and you got to really try really hard to separate, you know, the two. This is not real. This, you know, they want it to look real, but it's not. And um, that's really hard because I did open myself up to some of that. Now, I haven't seen them all and I'm glad because I don't need to <laughs> and I'm not going to, but it just, I'm glad our kids have not been exposed, you know, in, in that way to some of that. I don't want to call it garbage, but, you know, that kind of stuff that we watched. Yeah. Mercedes, do you have uh, any questions off the chat board? Um, they want to know if you've ever tried to have your um, space, uh, like, cleared um, by anyone that came in, like, cleanse it or anything to try to get rid of these spirits. At the first house, um, we had a paranormal team come in, which to this day, um, I look at it now as a learning experience, but it was a very bad mistake. They were not prepared to deal with what we had in the first house. I think it was more of let's get evidence and just see what we can get. And things took a turn for the worse that night that they were there, and they just dropped us pretty quickly. And they assured us everything. They brought someone with them. They've cleared the house. Everything's good. And the next night, my son was three and a half, and he was, you know, in his room screaming that some dark man was standing over his bed. Um, and then I knew. I was like, oh, no, it just started up. So, um, you know, I tried to be so positive. So you had investigators. Yeah, we did. They could do it all. We right. did, but not in the second house. I had a lady that I trusted, um, an elderly lady who was kind of intuitive, and she we trusted her to come out like once. I talked to her by phone a few times, and she's like, you guys just really need to get out of there, this and that. But the thing is, you know, we just, being that that didn't go so well, we have not brought anybody in. I mean, when we left the house and while we were gone, the pastor of the church that we went to for help, he came up with someone else, you know, to go in the house with us because I was afraid. I didn't want to come back in. And we prayed, you know, in the house. But we haven't went through, like, a ritualistic cleansing or, you know, doing an exorcism. Or, you know, honestly, I just, you know, my husband's not really open to that, and I'm kind of not so open to that. It's a fear thing. But then also, you know, someone made a comment. They said, if the thing is truly attached to you and your family, you are the ones that are going to have to to work on getting this out of here. Like we could bring every priest on every corner up here because there's a lot of churches around and you would get temporary relief from that. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but for the long haul, that's not going to help you. And then, you know, I did consult with a few psychics here and there on both houses, you know, by phone and they did not come here. And, you know, the advice was really fitting on some occasions, but how they were getting this advice was another question I had. You know, is this really coming from demons? Is this coming from God? And then it's saying that, you know, different things on that, that you should just not, you know, seek that kind of thing. But, you know, it was just, it wasn't feeling right. And so we've just totally not went there. I'm afraid, you know, if you bring a whole bunch of people in that are going to stir this up, I mean, it could get a lot worse than where it's at right now. I mean, we're sharing space and we're doing the best that we can to cope with this. But if you seriously do not know what you're dealing with, I mean, that's not a good thing to have people messing with us. And I mean, I don't want to say how much worse can it get because I'm sure it could get a heck of a lot worse than it's already gotten, you know. So um, we're kind of not all on the same page with bringing people in. So we haven't done Mm -hmm. that. Okay. And you got to do what's in your heart, just like you said about the religion aspect. So, Well, you know, it's just like a lot of people, I really appreciate the advice when people say, hey, this might work or that might, and I'm like all open to this. But when it really goes to applying it to the situation, some things I just am like, oh, man, I, I just don't know about that. <laughs> you know, it makes for good discussion, but um, I don't think we're ready to really do that, you know, respectfully saying that. 
Um, somebody asked on the chat board, what, does, what state are you from now? We're in the state of Missouri. Okay. Okay. We're near the St. Louis area. And actually, right. the other house was kind of near there, too. We're about maybe 45 minutes away. You know, people have asked that. I don't know why they ask that. I guess they think there's some connection between, you know, maybe the area or something. But the, the two things we're dealing with are totally different. Like the first house, it was one way, and the second house, it's, you know, it's bigger and worse. So I don't think it's the same exact entities, you know, in both homes. We've had that discussion a lot. Okay. Listeners, we are um, – we have author Lisa – Lindley with us tonight, and um, we're going to take a, a minute, Lisa, if you don't mind. Oh, no, go and right ahead. We're going to talk about uh, upcoming events we have with basically Annette and myself with the Unexplained World. Saturday, October 25th, which is a Saturday, two events, 6.30 p.m., it starts. It's all Hollow Eve in the tradition of historic Hollow Eve events, the Worth Park District Historical Museum will be hosting this. From 6.30 to 9.30, there will be psychic readings. I'll be doing my readings. Annette will be doing um, past life readings, tarot readings. And she comes with 20 years of experience. I would say. Right, Annette? About that long? Yeah, that's about right nowadays. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know we'll be doing a whole talk. Yeah, it's had a birthday Tuesday. Uh, yeah. uh, Rhonda will be doing a multi-deck tarot readers reading. Um, she has over 10 years' experience, and he has been seen in many of the local southwest suburban areas here in the Chicagoland area. And then we have Janelle, who will be doing readings with runes, and she's been doing them for a while. I will be doing the palm readings, psychometry one-on-one readings, best for personal answers, and conscious channeling with an item of your loved one who has passed away. Bring items like rings, glasses, watches, etc. that they wore on a regular basis. Uh, then after that, approximately 10 o'clock, we will have a paranormal investigation at a haunted historical building. Uh, this will be the very first time this historic building will be open to the public because of its paranormal hauntings. It has a long history of paranormal activity to the point grown men do not like to be left alone there at night. You will experience the location, learn the history, and participate with the Latin American Paranormal Society, myself, and I will demonstrate my circle of energy in one of the rooms, along with the psychic readers. And don't worry about transportation as we are within a few feet of the location. Okay, for more information on this night, October 25th, just go to hauntedhistoriclocations.com or you could link up to it from theunexplainedworld.com, okay? And uh, if you become a member of our newsletter for Haunted Historic Locations, there's a special offer in there for a special night at the Haunted Mansion in Joliet. And... um, that place is a whole different animal at night. I guarantee it messed with me. Um, lately, stuff has uh, stuff has been hitting me pretty good. So I don't know. Usually with the circle, but I'm putting myself in situations like today, in the uh, location of the where the satanic rituals used to go on. So that's what we have coming up, listeners. And uh, thank you for um, giving me those couple minutes. 
Um, Lisa, I'm just, it sounds like one day you guys, your family was just going about doing its thing, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bingo. That That's exactly sounds? right. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. I mean, I guess from what we could tell, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that happened. How did it, what was the first thing that kind of went down with you? Well, uh, it got your attention. Let me put it there. Oh, it sure got my attention. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, we had, well, before we moved into the farmhouse, uh, that you know, was our first house, we were staying on the property and the house kind of had an eerie feel to it. It had a history with it. We didn't know the complete history. Kind of too late, you know, kind of like a day late and a teller short, we found out a little bit too much later. But um, after we had actually moved into the house, in spite of those like uneasy feelings I was having, my daughter, my oldest one, who was nine at the time, she's now 14, she came to me one morning, and this is when I was still liking paranormal things, and we had some local DJs that they would do um, kind of like you guys, you know, with your haunted location things, and they would uh, broadcast, you know, midnight to 2 a.m. from a haunted house, and, you know, they were talking about this. I had the radio on in the bathroom, and I was brushing her hair. And she, I said, hey, um, nothing's ever happened to you like that, right? You know, we were kind of kidding around. And she said, um, actually, I have to tell you something. And so I shut the radio off. And I said, um, what do you mean? And she said there was this nine-year-old little girl named Linda that was coming out of her closet at night wanting to play dolls with her. And my stomach totally dropped. I mean, it was kind of a mixed reaction. It was kind of like I was having these uneasy feelings in the house anyway. And then she tells me this. So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I was kind of intrigued but frightened all at the same time, if that um, makes any sense. And when I went to work that morning, I completely got very nervous and started going on the Internet looking for help, you know, children haunting, hauntings and kids and all this stuff. I couldn't find anything. And um, this continued, you know, from that point on. And we had several entities manifesting themselves as different things. You know, we had one that appeared to be my dead grandmother that had passed over. She had never uh, went to the funeral or the wake. And this woman that was appearing looked just like what she was buried in. No way would she have known this. Um, and there were specific things about this entity that wanted my daughter to believe that's who it was by its physical appearance, what it was wearing, what it looked like, what it would say. She would hear, have these conversations with these things. We had a soldier that appeared on our steps one night. She was laying on the couch during a thunderstorm, had woken up. She wasn't feeling well, and this man shows up in this U.S. Army green fatigues with a rifle pointing at her, and she said he had a very uh, stern look on his face, but he didn't say anything. He ended up disappearing. Um, you know, you just never felt like you were by yourself in that house. It wasn't so much like to a point that you would want to leave. It wasn't dangerously scary, but it was enough to disrupt the household. You know, our kids were fighting over sleeping up in their rooms. We had uh, like an attic that was converted over into two rooms, and that's where their bedrooms were. And finally, we just let them sleep on the couch. I mean, I was having uneasy feelings. My husband was working late at night. I would call my girlfriends and say, I just saw this shadow or I'm not feeling good about this, you know, and just to have comfort, you know, on the phone to cope with this. And um, that went on for about two years. But it was, you know, fairly innocent at that point, not enough to make you leave. Um, so that's kind of how it all started. But that little girl coming out of the closet, I mean, that was no little girl. Now that we look back, it was actually a demon, and we know this for a fact now. Um, well, what made, what made you what made you realize, I guess I would say, that they were demons, other than just being spirits that were uh, just being showcasing there. themselves. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, that took a turning point, um, I think, on, well, right before August. It was during the summer when she was actually thrown across the room into her dresser. That totally started to get me on edge when we were in the second house here because everything had been tolerable up until that point. You know, we were just living with this again. We thought, oh, we did not buy another house like this. There is no way. And we were taking pictures and doing different things. You know, we had evidence that was showing up several times. The kids were saying what they were seeing. And, and it just was a repeat of what we had at House One, only intensified. And the the thing after that that made me realize, look, this is really real what's happening here. Um, August 11th of 2007, we left. We were hanging out with um, some good college friends that we used to hang out with. And when we got close to the house, it was about the four-mile marker um, to our town, and I started getting a really sick feeling like something was wrong. I didn't want to go home, but I didn't share that with anybody in the car. So we get home, we go into the house, and we walk through the back door. The house is pretty big, so we had to walk through this whole area. My daughter looks up at the landing, the second one on the stairwell. We have like this old historic staircase with the two landings and 17 stairs, and she said, Mom, there's a man on the um, on the landing with a old trench coat and a hat, and he's staring at you. And I thought, ah, oh, geez, you know. And my husband was still kind of skeptical at this point. I said, don't tell Dad. Just try to get ready for bed. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I said, I'm going to let the dog out. So I go out on the porch, and the whole time I'm out there, I'm just getting the creeps, like something is staring at me through the glass windows on the front of the house. I looked back. I didn't see anything, but I felt something was incredibly wrong. I come back in. My daughter says, Mom, it spoke. I said, what do you mean it spoke? Because these things were not really being interactive, I mean, before the state, other than the, the incident with the furniture. And it said, I know you can see me, you SOB. Why don't you just admit it? And it was cursing. I'm just abbreviating for the listeners. Mm-hmm. But it totally freaked me out. I mean, I'm going to be totally honest with you. And I'm like, oh, my God. And we had left all of the lights off upstairs. Before we left the house, we usually turn on the lights so they're on. I mean, we have a lot of lights that stay on in this house. And I thought, oh, man. So I said, don't tell Dad. And he, you know, comes in and he said, what's wrong? And I looked at her and she looked at me and I said, oh, nothing. We just left the lights up upstairs. Can you, you know, turn them on? And he's like, oh, okay. So he goes up there, turns them on. And then I go up there. I'm like, okay, let's just stick together here. Let's try to, you know, get through this. And when we got up at the top of the steps, I mean, walking through that part where that thing was standing, I had a really hard time with it. I'm like, oh, can I do this? And I'm like, okay, we have to be bigger than this is. We get up there, and she was still hearing these voices, and it was getting really interactively scary, and I started talking to the walls like anybody in the house like what this would do, and you start saying, you know, why are you here? You need to leave. You know, you try all the, the real easy things. You know, you're not welcome. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. You know, you try all this, and this thing spoke back to her, and it said, tell your SOB mom I'm not going anywhere, and I'm like, oh, great. It's like a big bully. You know, what are we going to do? So... She gets ready for bed. I go downstairs, and I'm acting completely suspicious. My husband, after, you know, 15 years of marriage, knows your wife pretty well, and he says, okay, I want to know what is going on. And I told him, he said, why didn't you tell me? And I said, because I didn't think you were going to believe what was happening. For the rest of that night, for the next 48 hours, my daughter was completely attacked. These things were screaming so loud. She said it sounded like an atomic bomb was going off. I couldn't hear it. My husband couldn't hear it. But she was crying hysterically. And you're talking about a kid that's a really good kid, very active in school, great student, really smart, 
very bubbly, you know, just a great kid. And she totally took a nosedive, and she was just curled up in a ball in our bed, just hysterically crying. And the next day, I mean, we didn't sleep at all that night. The next day, she's like, Mom, we need to leave. We need to leave now. I mean, these things were threatening. We tried to get the Bible out. We're sitting, you know, 1130 at night in a chair. And I'm like, okay, what do we read? Let's pick one that looks good. You know, this was before we had the faith thing. Nothing was working. And I wanted to desperately call someone for help that I trusted. His case was very well documented. And I didn't call him, and he said, you know, the next day that he had fallen asleep with a phone in his hand. He sensed something was really wrong, and that's really strange. So the next day, you know, my husband took off with my son. He tried to get out of the house for a little bit to lighten the mood. While we were gone, I tried to call for help. I trusted somebody that did EVPs and all this, and I called him. I hadn't talked to him in a while. Asked his wife, I said, this is an emergency. We're having a family situation. I really need to talk to him. Can you tell me when he's coming back? As soon as I said that, the phone went totally dead. I mean, I'm talking. It was like somebody snapped the line, and my daughter was out on the porch. The gentleman that we did get through to that said, you know, get her out of the house, have her sit outside, don't talk about this in front of her, obviously. Um, she came back in. She said, Mom, this thing wants to know who this Todd guy is that you're trying to call. Okay, this is things that only someone in the house would know. Then I'm really starting to lose it because I'm thinking I have to hold it together for her. I don't want my husband to know I'm freaking out this bad making these phone calls. So I tried to call the intuitive lady that I trusted, you know, the elderly lady. And while I'm on the phone with her, she was outside again, and she comes back in and she says, Mom, this thing wants to know who this old hag is that you're trying to talk to. Okay, and this lady's trying to reassure me. She's like, you guys really need to leave. You should at least just leave and get out of there for a while. You know, you really need to move. And I'm thinking, this is not that easy. We're stuck in the middle of this renovating project. We said we'd never get kicked out of our home from this. And it was getting very tense. So, you know, my husband comes back. I tell him what's going on. He starts drilling the walls. I mean, not with a tool, but he's yelling at this thing. And my daughter can hear it. And it was almost like she was being our filter. I hate to say it, but he's like, what do you want? What do you, you know, why are you here? I mean, we couldn't hear it, but she's, she's like, Mom, hold on. You know, we're trying to write down the stuff it's saying and all this. So we had it. And it was just a really, really strange situation. I mean, my brain could not comprehend this. Part of you is going, is this real? Is this not? After like an hour of this, total thing going on my husband said let's get out of here let's let's go because it was getting too real this, this thing was saying things that only somebody in the house would know I mean it was just getting really freaky and so we left we drove around I mean where are we going to go we come back to the house my son who was eight at the time he looks up at the upstairs windows it's the middle of the day and said he saw something looking at him out of the upstairs windows and I'm thinking oh dear god you know what is going on here we get back in the house and this is what made us left and this is as true as it gets because I found out later from a friend of mine who was going to church where we go now she said there was a chapter in Matthew in the Bible it's the 13th chapter it says something about demons in there that if one cannot find rest it will bring seven in its place more wicked than itself I mean it's talking about this demonic stuff it's like real stuff and I didn't know about it at this point my kids did not know a thing about this we come into the house from the back go through the foyer and I'm, our bedroom's right off of there and I was getting ready to go in there and it felt really really sick like something really grave really heavy was in the house and she looked up at the stairwell and she said mom don't you see them and this is after you know 48 hours of her going through this no sleep it was really bad and I thought is she really seeing this but I knew something was going on and I said, well, you know, what are you seeing? 
and she said, Mom, there's seven men in red, seven of these demons. She didn't even know what a demon was, just seven men in red standing on the stairwell. And they spoke to her. They said, we've been expecting you. If your family doesn't leave, you're going to pay the price and die. I mean, it was like stuff that was, I mean, very, very serious. And I looked at my husband, and he looked at me, Mr. Skeptic, and I looked at him and I said, I am not staying here tonight. If you want to be brave and stay here, I'm taking the kids and I'm going to my mom's. I can't do this because part of my brain is trying to comprehend what's happening. It was almost like, you know, when you go through a trauma, if someone has been through one, your body goes in the shutdown mode that, you know, you know your kid is telling you the complete truth. I had no knowledge of anything else past this point except something is attacking my daughter and I'm fearful. So, I packed it up. My husband's like, okay, let's go. I tried to call my mom. I'm like, I'll explain this later. We're coming to your house. You know, I didn't go into a lot of detail. I couldn't even tell you today what I said during that conversation. A friend of mine told me, she talked to my daughter, you know, while my husband was gone that day. And she said, I believed you from the start of this, but I never would have believed it so much if I hadn't heard the terror in your daughter's voice. I mean, it was not like her. You could just tell something was so wrong. She kept begging me. I mean, you know, packing her bag, Mom, we need to go to Grandma's, we need to go now. And I said, no, we're not leaving yet. I mean, I was trying to be very firm until this point. And we packed it up, we left. We took two separate cars, took the dogs, you know, we left. I thought we were going to be gone for one day. We left for six. I, You know, we stopped, we had to gas up the car. She was in the car with me. My, my kids went in the car with my husband. The other kids did. And she was hearing these voices miles away from the house in the car. And I said, don't listen to them. Don't, you know, give them any energy. Do not listen to them. Get to my mom's. And my husband goes looking for help. He's like, I've got to go find help. You know, goes to a Catholic church. And the priest basically turned us away. He didn't think we were either telling the truth. We needed an evaluation. We had five years worth of evidence. Like, we don't need any more didn't offer to pray for us really and so we just you know he left it at that he went to go look for a bookstore to see if there was anything that could help you know nobody was open it was getting late he came back and pulled me in this bedroom and he said I think I know what's going on and he said I don't want to scare you but I think I understand this now I said what do you mean he said I think they brought back reinforcements we made them mad and I'm thinking oh my god what did we do you know trying to talk to these things and doing all this so these demons are probably having a party at our house. By now I kept panning, you know, in my mind every room. I'm crying hysterically because I'm thinking, how did this happen? You know, what what is going on? I don't understand this. I mean, it was, it was horrible. It was the most gut-wrenching, mind-altering experience and not knowing who to trust, who to talk to. It was horrible. But, you know, that night the most amazing thing happened, and my husband will tell you, I mean, if you ever talk to him, he would. he's just, it's amazing when you hear it in his words. But, um we were trying to go to bed that night. It was very, very hard to. My daughter was in the next room, and she came in. We were just starting to settle down, and I heard the door open, and I said, what's wrong? And she said, she called my husband. She said, Dad, I'm hearing the voices. They're chanting in this, you know, foreign language. She said, There's, I can still understand what they're saying. And she said, they're telling me that I'm going to become one of them tonight. And this is 45 minutes away from my parents, or from, you know, our house. We're at my family's. And uh, he said the only thing he could think to do was to pull her into bed where we were, and he put his hand on her head, and he started praying the Lord's Prayer. He said he remembered some guy on the radio telling his story about, you know, dying and coming back in a near-death experience. And he, I don't know what his situation was, but he remembered being scratched and clawed at. He was going to a very dark, very bad place, and he said he prayed this prayer 
and it made a huge difference. I mean, he totally realized what had happened at that moment, that God was real. And my husband said, that's all he could think to do. He said, God, whatever power of protection you've given to me, please take it from me and give it to her. I will deal with the consequences later. And I was sitting right next to them. I mean, this whole entire time, I'm just crying. You know, I, I can't focus on crying. And he said they prayed it once and nothing happened. She's like, Daddy, I'm still hearing it. I'm still hearing it. You know, they prayed it again. And he said, I waited. Nothing happened. And he said on the third time he prayed it, he said he was in his presence. He said, I felt it. He said, I didn't see him. But he said it was like those demons went running. And my daughter said, Dad, I'm not hearing them anymore. I mean, they were crying. I mean, tears of joy, let me tell you. It wasn't like the tears I was having. And, you know, I sat next to him and I said, I don't understand this. I said, I'm not mad at you for this experience, but why didn't why didn't I get it? I was sitting right there, and, you know, he said, it probably wasn't meant for you. It was meant for me because I needed to know. I needed to know the truth. I needed to understand this. And so that is why our family, you know, has really turned to prayer because my husband, you know, somebody that goes through something, you can't totally get it unless you've been there. I mean, he was really touched in some way that I can't even remotely relate to. I try very hard to be brave in all this, but he said, I know what the truth is now, and that's why we're dangerous to these things because they know that I know, you know. So my husband's the brave prayer warrior in the family. But that night, it was like he got a real dose of demons, angels, God. I mean, it was like it would have made the greatest movie ever, let me tell you, but it was very real, and that has been the foundation. But Man, I'm talking, I mean, this is some powerful stuff that this whole spiritual warfare thing is about. It's a very complex, oh my gosh, it's just such a big thing. And here our family got the, you know, the bad side of it so we would understand this. But um, that's what caused us back to that point, back to why we left the house that night. It, it became very real, you know, with the, her telling us what she was seeing and then finding out about it later that it was in the Bible. It was all very true. Um can you get any more real than that? I don't think so. I mean, that was that was it. it was as plain as day to our family. Okay, we have approximately seven minutes left, uh, Lisa. Okay. Um, Mercedes, do you recall the two questions that were thrown out out there on the chat for a little bit? Um, they wanted to know if you ever did do EVP. No, actually, I had questioned that, and that's why I tried to call that guy when we were in the middle of, you know, this situation. We did not do it. I didn't think it was going to benefit us in any way. Actually, I think it would have provoked it even more to be asking questions aloud and putting that tape recorder. Plus, I don't think I wanted to hear what it had to say. I mean, part of me wanted to, and I thought, if this goes in a worse direction, it's not going to help me. So, no, we didn't end up doing the EVP thing at all. Not at either one of the houses. We actually didn't do those. Okay. Annette, go ahead. You know, what I'm mostly just slapped in the face with, Lisa, is, you know, I'm a mother. I have two little boys, and I can't even imagine, as a mother, how you must have felt that your poor child is living this torment and what how, how helpless you feel. I know, you know, the kid falls down and gets a scratched knee, and I feel like the worst mother in the world, but something <laughs> like this. Oh, my gosh. How, how do you prepare? I don't know. Come to how do you explain it? How did you explain yeah. it to the to the young one, the youngest? Um, what was going on? Since uh, the comprehension of what you're trying to tell them, I'm sure would be like, you know, spooky well, so in tell itself. Us about the, tell us about the angel 
thing too. How how children can be helped. We've got seven minutes, and that seems so important to me. Yeah, Five well, um, my my son is the one that I think has been through the most with us because my daughter is very grounded and very. Um, she has a good hold on what this reality is that we've been through with us. But with him, I find that the less you tell them, the you know when we have conversations about with something that may be going on in the house, we don't have them in front of him because I know he can't handle it. It puts more fear. So, you know, we try to limit that. But he knew that something was going on. I mean, I, it, it just by seeing how we were acting and we were trying to, you know, hold it together and all this. But, you know, we had to be very straight and just say, look, we have something very bad going on. You know, just talking kid terms with that. But the thing that... um you know, we we did with my three-year-old daughter because she doesn't understand really any of this. I mean, I know she's seen things and has told us what she's seen. We made this little prayer up, and it has been so effective, I mean, for all of us. But I pray it with her, and it's just a little prayer, and I put it in that book on angels. It says, Dear Jesus, please send me an angel to watch over me while I sleep. In Jesus' name, amen. And it might sound redundant to say in Jesus' name, amen, when you're talking to him in the first place. But you know, we call in angels in our family to help us because my daughter has seen them. We've called on them when things have gotten very tense, and we know that they're very, very real. And like I said, they show up at just the right time when you need them, so I know they're helping. Um, but that's kind of how I just explained. They're your helper. You know, um, they are the good guys, if you want to put it, good guys versus bad guys kind of thing. But, um, you know, it, it's just a very real thing, and, and that's a great thing to lean on. You know, angels are are the, they're the helpers, you know, they're the good guys out there. So that's kind of what we try to put it in an easy perspective, that how do you undo, you know, what's been done? You just got to keep reassuring them, you know, everything is okay. You know, if you have a faith going in your house, we just kind of run with that. We're like, look, you know, you can't just tell a kid you have to trust. Because, you know, for me, I'm still trying to trust. I'm still going through this. And, and I do trust a heck of a lot more than I used to. But for a kid that's been, I hate to say, use that phrase, traumatized by this, it's just it's a day at a time you know you got to focus on the positive and and try not to dwell on the negative and just not have those you know scary conversations don't you know put don't expose your kids to any more than you have to when you're living through something like this it's 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 an exhausting way to live i'll tell you cuz it's it's very hard to um you know do the right thing all the time and yeah i i'll tell you i felt very guilty that we didn't leave sooner when this was happening. I didn't know any better. You know, you're trying to, it's pride. You're trying to hold it together, and you're fighting something that is far greater than you are in some ways, and it just, you know, was time to go. (laughs) So, you know, um, I think it was a good thing we left when we did because who knows if we would have stayed that night, what would have happened because we were weak. You know, we were not where we needed to be with that. But um, I hope I helped a little bit with, you know, giving some light on how to help kids or, you know, this angel thought. It's it's hard to believe in something if you don't know it's real, but that's where that faith comes in. You have to believe in the things you can't see and, and you know, trust that the outcome is going to be okay. Okay, Lisa, we got two minutes. Where is the website that they could go to to find out about maybe your books and that? Okay, um, my website is www.ourhaunting. It's O U R. H A U N T is in Tom I N G. There's another dot there. Dot free servers F R E E S E R V E R S dot com, and that has information on how to contact us, um, where the books are found. Actually, they're on Lulu dot com. It's L U L U dot com, and mm-hmm. also two of them are on Amazon dot com. 
But I want to tell everybody, you know, that's listening that we are not a family about selling books. I mean, I really thought I wasn't going to write more after, you know, the first one went. It was just a good way to reach people. But it's it's been a really good experience with that. But I, I hope they make a difference in the life of somebody out there. It would have made it worth all the time that I spent, you know, doing that. But we really just okay. want to take this. I want to <laughs> jump in there real fast. They probably could type in author. Lisa Lindley, too, and it would probably come up in the search engine. Right, yeah, you can do okay. that. What's her last name? It's L-I-N, like Ed is in Nancy, D is in David, L-E-Y. Okay. Okay. All right. I'd like to thank you for being on tonight. Well, thank it you for being very, so sweet. You guys are, like, very, really, really nice, and that's so refreshing. <laughs> well, I'm looking for the guy I'm looking for the guy that pushes the powers of demons to come on and to debate me on that. Because he don't push the power of a higher higher being, he pushes the powers of the demons in the name of God's. Okay. That in sounds really frightening, God. actually. Yeah. So I, I'm look, but he's refused to come on our show. But thank you for being on. It was very, very interesting. Mercedes, thank you for watching the chat board. No problem. Uh, thank you. Annette, thank you, and thank uh, you. I'll be Lisa. Are all of our best to you. Thank you so much. You guys are just really great, and I hope you know that this did help somebody out there and shed a little bit of truth into the otherwise unknown world <laughs> at my expense. That's okay. I'm, and I'm, you know what? We got uh, people on the chat board. They said angel blessings oh, good. to all of us, especially to the Lindley family. So, Thank you so okay, much. Maybe we'll good. maybe we'll sleep good tonight. That would be a plus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listeners, thank you very much. And that I'll be calling you in a couple of minutes. Lisa, thank you again. Thank you so much. Everybody, good night. Blessed be.